Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Happy Mother's Day. I don't know how many mothers we have, but this is your day. Praise God. We're going to try to do some things today that hopefully will speak to everybody. Because that's what we intend to do. That's the goal. Uh, That's the aim. Is that we want to encourage everyone. We want to build up everyone. We want to strengthen everyone. So, even though this is Mother's Day, you think sometimes, well, oh man, I'm not going to get anything out of this message because it's about mothers and I'm not a mother. Oh, don't underestimate the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because He knows who's here. He knows what you need. Regardless of whether I say it or not, He can get the information to you regardless. He knows how to speak to your heart. And so that's what we are dependent upon. That's what we've been praying for. Uh, that's going to happen today. Now, the young kids. Oh, well, we don't have too many. Do we have any? No, I think we have all the children are out. So the, the, let's say the teenagers. I want you to pay close attention, whether you're male or female, uh, because this is going to speak to you. Also, uh, the singles who are uh, not yet mothers who are female, oh, it's going to speak to you. And also the men, single men, it's going to speak to you. And of course, it's going to speak to the fathers. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But the message is really for mothers. God made mothers special. I really believe that. He really made mothers special. Let's uh, start in a particular uh, chapter of, um, let's, let's go to Isaiah 43, let's go there, and start there. Um, I just want you to memorize this some point in time in your life, maybe this week, because next week I'm going to probably repeat it, maybe, I don't know, that it depends upon what might happen, uh, but in, in chapter 43 of Isaiah, and I'm reading from the New American Standard, that's what's going to be on the screen So yours might read a little bit different. Verse 7. And it says, Everyone, everyone who is called by my name. And that's just some everyone who is called by my name. And whom I have created for my glory. Whom I have formed, even whom I have made. We were created... To bring God's glory. That's what we were created for. And so that's the, that's the backdrop of everything that we do, everything that we say, every place we go, it is to bring God glory. So therefore, mothers, you are to bring God's glory. Fathers, you're to bring God glory. Everyone is to bring God glory. Is that correct? Okay. I told you, see, I told you that uh, the message is for you. Regardless, it's for you. Now we're going to go to another place, which is very interesting. We're going to Genesis, because remember I said God made mothers special. Chapter 1, verse 27. I want to go there because that's the story of creation, the part that I'm speaking on. 
Verse 27, God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, let's stop there. In order to multiply, we must have some births. Is that correct? Now, y'all are smart. Got to have some births, okay? Got to have some births. God made mothers special. Oh, he made mothers special. Let's go a little bit further. Let's go a little bit more into chapter 2 here, verse 7. In the formation of man, it says that then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. God formed man. That word formed is, is in the Hebrew is like uh, a potter is working on a wheel with clay, forming the vessel that he wants. Because there are many vessels he's forming, that particular vessel, the way he wants. God formed man. But over in verse, <laughs> another one, in, in verse 21, it says, So the Lord God calls a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at the place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Now, it's a different word here. You remember I said formed in Hebrew. I was talking about form for the man on verse 7. Now we're talking about another word, fashioned. It's a little bit different, see? It's a little bit different uh, because in this word, fashioned, and the King James might say made. Uh, this word in Hebrew, it means built. It means really um, to construct. Now, God really built a woman. He constructed her. Different from the forming process he did from a man. God made mothers special. Now, some believe, of course, that uh, he, don't, he, he, he took more than just a rib. He took some flesh with it. He took some, uh, all the all little, little things that, that with maybe some nerves and all those type of things with it. Um, but regardless, we know that he, the key word is he fashioned, he built him a woman. God made mothers special. He did. He made them special. And of course, it goes on to say, in verse 23, the man said, this is now bone of my bones. Now, remember, he took the real, right? Then he says, and what? Flesh of my flesh. So it's, oh, so he took some flesh too. Oh, flesh of my flesh. For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we have the context of motherhood. We have the wife, we have the, 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 the man, we have Adam, we have the, 
the process of what God did. He built them, and he 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 obviously he built built them different, and he um, <laughs> he he put a put a, a womb in, in in the woman so that she could carry a child. Is that correct? Uh, for a certain number of months, uh, give or take some weeks and whatever, nine months, and then uh, the birthing process uh, was a, was an awesome thing that he's, he he did. Women are built particularly special. Would you agree? Special, special. <laughs> That's gonna get you some good stuff with your wife and your mother, boy. <laughs> he really did. I really think that that when he built and fashioned, it was more than just what he did to man. See, he had to do something different because they had to be one flesh. And everything in these two that became one flesh has to have everything that God has in the Godhead, basically. And so, therefore, uh, man, you know, and I know men, we are not compassionate like women. We don't have the same sensitivity as women. Is that correct? Women are built so that they are, oh, so sensitive, so sensitive to God. That's why in a lot of churches you have, you have more women than you have men. That's why when I came to Christ, it, it, he used my wife because I was laying on the couch. So, I mean, I didn't want to come to church. He used my wife, see, because she's so sensitive. Women are sensitive. So he made women sensitive. He made them compassionate so that you know that when, when children... When they fall and hurt themselves, they don't run to dad. Oh, daddy, daddy. They run to mama. They run to mama. Because they know they're going to get that compassion. They're going to get that sympathy. They're going to get all the comfort that women give. He made, oh, he made mothers special. He did. Another thing he did, um, because women, he, 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 they, they, they like to build up the children and things like that. And sometimes men, we, we kind of like that. Uh, uh, put things down and make them, we think we're making them tough. Uh, so they, he built them the, the ability to just encourage, encourage, encourage. Uh, mothers always see the best in their children. Right? They see the best in their children. I mean, they, they, can, be, they, can, they can be the worst things. I mean, I mean you know. <laughs> and, and that mama said, oh, he's a, he's a good boy, you know. <laughs> People look around and say, the judge, what's, my goodness gracious, come on, what's good about this dude, you know? She sees the best in him. And something that he, I mean, he made women in such a way that for some reason, and, and I know it's probably because of the way the, the, the nurturing, you know, you know he, he put nurturing in him. Oh, he put nurturing in him. Oh, my goodness gracious. Children would not be nurtured if it were not for the women. No way in the world they're going to wake us up all hours of the night and don't think they're going to eat something. <laughs> you know, they're going to eat when it's dinner time. They don't get it. That's it. That's it. Huh? He put nurturing in, in the women. He also put something in women that I, I saw it in a teenager. And it's a female, female teenager. Uh, because I've seen it before in women. I wonder, how did God do this? He gave them the ability to be able to be in a conversation, just we can be in conversation, just the two of us, and, and she knows what the conversation is going on right over here. 
I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I was talking to this teenager, man. We're having a good conversation. And then all of a sudden she turns and, and get in this conversation and jump back over to this one. I said, how do you know what they were talking about? I don't know. I just, I mean, I heard them. Won't you pay attention to me? I'm talking, you know. But they, they can do that. And he probably made them that way because little children, they always, they always need the mom and, they, they, and, and the woman can be doing this and doing it, talking on the phone, doing all that stuff. But they got to hear the children. I can, I've been in, in church and, and you, you, the doors open something, you can hear the babies crying. You know, why, why? And, and a mother will get up and it's, how does, why? I mean, we got about five babies. How does she get up? She knows the cry of her particular baby. Man, God made women special. He made mothers special. That's why we're celebrating this day. And we need to be thankful to God for giving us this day to celebrate. God made mothers special. Special. They had a, if you were a superhero, they could, they could put a cape on you and have a big M on you that mighty for the, for the, for the mothers, you know. That's what, that's what mothers need because I, I don't know how in the world that you do it. Mothers, I don't know how you do it. Um, just the birthing process alone is enough to kill a man. No, I'm serious. I am serious. More power to the men who want to be in there to watch it. Uh, they would have to drag me out. <laughs> God made mothers Special. Special. He made you with so much influence. So much influence. When you think about that, the mother has so much influence over their child. They really do. I don't care what type of situation that you've probably been in. You've seen it. That uh, I was watching a video once, uh, I think it was called uh, From Homeless to Harvard. And you would think that, that, a, um, that if a person had a, a mother that was kind of uh, sick because she went through situations or things like that, uh, uh, had very problems that, that the child, they wouldn't have influence over the child. But this child really loved their mother. Someone wanted to be with their mother. And, 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 and the mother was, was, uh, was not doing well. She was not doing well. She was sick. She was uh, habitually addicted to drugs. And, and uh, uh, it, it was a sad situation. But she loved her mother. I saw another one where, uh, I think it's called Blindside, where it was a, a life, true life depiction of, of this fellow named Michael Orr. Uh, how he would always run back to his mother, climb out of windows, do anything to get back to his mother. Uh, and, and, and she didn't even know a lot of times who the father was. Mothers have so much influence, so much influence. When you see the athletes on TV, when the camera hit them, they'll say, hi, mom. You know? <laughs> no, none of them say, hey, dad. You know? <laughs> so it, it's Mothers, you have a lot of influence. God wants you to use that influence to do some things. He wants you to disciple your children. I was, I was um, teaching 
uh, at the end of the of our 501 women's class, and and we finished the one-on-one first level of, of discipleship. And I was asking them, "Man, what are you going to do with this information?" Well, God wants them to disciple. A mother's discipleship begins with the child. Let's look at it in Acts chapter 16. Let's go there. We're going to look at two biblical examples here of discipleship, this influence the person has. Verse 1. Paul came to Derbe and to Lystra and a disciple, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Now, how did Timothy get to be a disciple? How did he get to be so well spoken of by all the brethren all around? How did he get to this point? We, we, we see that uh, his mother was a believer, a Jewish believer. We see that his father was Greek. How did he get to be this disciple? Let's look at it. Let's go to 2 Timothy and pick it up there in chapter 1, verse 5, because I think it tells us some things here that can help all of us. God is calling mothers to use their influence to further the purpose of which he has put you here and the purpose of which he has fashioned and built you. In verse chapter 1, verse 5, it says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. Wow. How many grandmothers do we have today in here? Good, okay, good. Grandmothers. Grandmothers. It says that that this sincere faith, this sincere faith was in the grandmother first. It first dwelt, it says, in your grandmother. So that means that Lois has some sincere faith. And sincere, the original meant um, in Hebrew is like inexperienced in acting. In, inexperienced in acting. That means you're not a good actor. Okay? It's from a word uh, that compound word that part of the word means without and the second part of the word means to pretend. So that means 
without pretending. You can't pretend. You're not good, well at pretending. That's what acting is. You pretend you this way. You pretend this way. Uh, they weren't experienced in it. But it, in the New Testament, it start meaning, start coming to mean that is without hypocrisy, without pretense, genuine, real, true. That's what it, it means in, in, in Greek here. So it's saying here that, and, and when we, if we talk about faith, sincere faith, we're talking about uh, not just I believe faith. It's talking about really uh, a, a, a strict, firm adherence or follower of Jesus Christ and his gospel. That's what it means. So she was sincere, genuine, no pretense at all. No pretense. That means she was real. This is serious stuff. What did she do with her influence? Because she had a husband. And some say that, that, that uh, her husband, which of course was Greek, and, and we don't know his name because it hasn't given his name in, in the Bible, but it said that uh, some, some theologians said he, he, he was probably dead by that time or he left or somewhere, you know, left, left, left the family or whatever the situation was. We don't know because it didn't say. He could have been there in the house, but not on, on deck. I don't know. Regardless, what we do know, what God did tell us, is that your grandmother first had this sincere faith. That grandmother passed on this sincere faith to her daughter. That's what she did. She had an influence, and she taught her the word of God and taught her in more ways than, than one. I believe that God wants mothers to use their influence to model what God wants. You see, if we're going to really be real and genuine, you can easily find it out if you live in that household. You can find it out. If you live in there long enough, you'll find out whether the person's real or whether it's pretense. At church, it's hard for us to find out whether somebody's real or not. Because we don't see it that often. You don't see me when my hair's down. You know, sometimes my hair's up at church, see? Can you tell it's up? But at home, my hair's down, see? So, so uh, you know, like women, you know that you don't want people to see you when you don't have your makeup on, when you, you know, you got maybe have stuff all over your face, you know, you have your, uh, what they call these things, they put all, all stuff all over the face, you know, white looking stuff and they look like mud and everything. I mean, uh, what's that, what do they call this stuff? A mask. Okay, all right, a mask. You don't want people coming to see you then, you want to, right? You want you to be on your best behavior, say. If you live in that house, you're going to find out what's real and what's genuine. And see, I believe that God wants this sincere faith, see, for Lois to have this sincere faith, to pass it on, she had to model it. Because Eunice would not have had this sincere faith if you're not modeling it. You have to model. You have to be a model. You cannot just say it, you know, uh, 
you know, as you can tell, tell your children, no, you can't have sodas. Sodas are not good for you. And you're sitting there drinking a Coca-Cola. That, how far do you think that's going to go? Yeah. Just far enough as you can see them, right? As soon as you go out of that room and, and you still got that Coke glass up there, you find out when you came back, a little bit more missing than what was. Children, you're going to have to model what you speak. Do you hear what I'm saying? You had to model it. Because they want, they want something real, authentic. They want something genuine. That's what was in Timothy that was first in the grandmother Lois. And your mother, Eunice, it was in her. And Eunice passed it along to her son. Modeling. Modeling. What sincere faith is all about. Mothers, God made you with so much influence. You can get children to do anything. I, I said one time, I said, you know, uh, you said, boy, you must not be a, a father or something. You can't get children to do anything. And they do what they want to do. Oh, you know. If you start young enough. You know, um, when I was in teaching elementary school, I, I used to say, if, if, they would, if they would give me all the children in Lynchburg, just all, all the one, from preschool, that's all I want them. I want them from preschool through the fifth grade. Well, fourth grade, fifth grade, you can have fifth grade. Uh, they, <laughs> they think they know everything. They think they know everything. Uh, but anyway, you give them to me from, from, from pre-K to fifth grade, and I guarantee you, just about everybody in that school will be saved. And give me, give me teachers who will be Christians, who will teach the word of God. We have students, I mean, these little preschools, man, they'll do anything you tell them to do. And they believe everything that teacher says. They believe it. It's amazing how much they believe their teachers. They believe their teachers more than they believe their parents. I mean, they, they believe their teachers. So I'm telling you, you can teach children, and that's what we had to do. But you had to model it, though. Let's go a little bit further. Let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're right here in Timothy. Let's go to chapter 3. Verse 10, I believe that God wants us to use, mothers, the influence that he has given you to disciple your child or children. That's the main purpose. I don't care whether you are married. That's another responsibility that God gives us. If if you're married, he he has a role for you to play. If you have a job, you have another role you have to play. Still, it doesn't negate the role that he has fashioned you, built you, constructed you to form. The first responsibility you have as a mother is to disciple those children. Oh, my goodness gracious. And you know some more to the story, and I'll do that next month when we get to Father's Day. But this is Mother's Day. And it starts off in verse 10. Now you, f- you follow my teaching, conduct, purpose. Now he, he's talking to Timothy. You followed now, my teaching, conduct, purpose. Now, now Paul also modeled, you see. 
my love, my perseverance, my, the persecutions and sufferings. He, he says all those things. Then he says, verse 14, you, however, because he was talking about the, the evil men and imposters in, 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 in the verse uh, 14 and 13. You, however, in verse 14, you, however, Timothy, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. He says, okay, Timothy, you, now these false these people, these, the evil men, imposters, and they, they're going to proceed from, 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 from bad to worse. But you, I want you to continue in the things that you've learned. Knowing who you learned them from. Who did he learn them from? He learned them from his grandmama. He learned them from his mother. He learned them from Paul, his, 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 his mentor. He learned them from him. He learned these things. They walked the talk. And that's what God wants us to do with our children Mothers, he wants us to be living epistles, living epistles, so that you walk out that which you are going to teach. Because the only way you're going to get them to do what you want them to do is you have brought them up to believe and to know that you don't do what you want to do. You do what God says to do. Not your will, but God's will. If you're not imparting that to your children, then when your children get old enough to say, I don't want to do this. I don't believe you're right. You got to have somebody above you. And we all have to say, the word of God constrains me. I can't do that. Or the word of God compels me to do that. It's the word of God. I try to point everything to the word of God. This is what God said. This is not what I say, children. No, no, this is what God says. I have to obey God. Now, that y'all has a different thing to look at. Because they can't say, well, I don't believe God. They're not going to say that. But you have to bring them up in the nurturing admonition of the Lord. Oh, it says... And that from childhood, from childhood, start when they're in the womb. They are, they are, they are a child in the womb. Would you agree with me? They can hear, they can sense in the womb somehow. I don't know. All I know, I read my Bible and I know that Little baby jumped in the womb, didn't he? <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, they understand, sensitive, they, they're sensitive to spiritual things. You, if you teach them spiritual things, when they come out, you start with the word of God, you start with the praising of God, you start with the, oh, come on. When they get old enough, they can, they can pray, you, you talk, you start teaching them to pray. You, you start teaching them about Jesus Christ. Look what it says here. From childhood. You say, well, my children are not children anymore. Not childhood, mine not either. But they still are hearing the same thing that they hear. They're going to hear it until I die. Because God teaches us the same thing 
over and over again. Do we get too old to read the Bible? Suppose we read it five times. You're going to read it again. It doesn't matter. He'll give you something new. From childhood, it doesn't stop. Then it says, you have known the sacred writings. From childhood, you have known the sacred writings. They didn't say you've known about the comic books. They didn't say you've known all this stuff. They said you've known about the sacred writings. So what we're supposed to be doing, mothers, is from an early age, we're starting and continuing on. I don't care if you come into uh, uh, Christianhood. It doesn't care if you come into the kingdom when you're 55. It really doesn't matter. I came in when I was, uh, I think I'm in my 30s or something. I came in to the kingdom. My children were already born. So I had to start where I had to start. I started there. And it says that with the sacred writings. So I'm going to start with the scripture. Which is able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation. So I want to teach them. More mothers, you got to teach about eternal life. Teach about eternal life. There is a heaven. There is a hell. And you can teach it in, in, in little uh, children's terms. I mean, they, they love um, projects. They love um, work. They, they will love pictures and doing things, you know. Uh, <laughs> don't do that, though. But as a thought came to mind. You, you can, I mean, you do things. Don't children like to do things like that? I mean, say, hey, I mean, this is, this is real nice over here. This is like heaven. Okay, this is not good over here because this is like, see, this is, See the stove? I mean, that's fire. Ooh, that's hot. They don't, don't want to be over there. I mean, however God gives you to teach that thing, you teach it, let them know there's a heaven, there's a hell. Right? And you don't want to go to fire and brimstone. Don't want to go there. You want to teach them about your Savior because at that time, they don't, it's not their Savior. It is their Savior, but they haven't accepted him yet. So you teach about your Savior. Do you know they want everything you have? Everything mama has, I want that. They want to wear your shoes. They want to put on your makeup. They want to put on your lipstick. They want to put on everything. They, they love mama. Yeah. You tell your children, hey, here's dad's pants. You want to put on those? Man, they don't want to put on no pants. They want to put on a dress. They want to put on God. They don't want to be nothing more. Tell them about your Savior. They'll say, hey, uh, I want them to be my Savior. Won't they do that? They'll do that. They want, it, but they want everything that moms want. And it says here, the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation. Because isn't that your call? Wasn't that what Lois, doesn't that what Eunice, isn't that what they were doing? Leading their children to salvation. Through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. It says all scriptures are inspired by God. So you teach them that, oh, the scripture, the, the Bible is inerrant. Oh, there are no mistakes in the Bible. None. What God says, he, he's going to do it. And you, and you know you have, to, you have to be that way now, right? You have to do the same thing. You have to say, well, what God says, that's what he does. He might be late, but he's always on time. Always on time. And so you don't want them saying, why, 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 why don't you do what you say, mom? You don't want them saying that because you know the enemy is going to put it in their little minds, right? So you want to be a model, again, that first step, you want to be a model. 
you, whatever you say you're going to do, that's what you need to do. All right? Okay, now, we're talking, talking encouragement here. All scriptures are inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And I believe that you need to teach your child that uh, bring that child to church uh, every Sunday. Bring them to church because that's the, that's the manner in which Jesus was doing, wasn't it? He was in the synagogue every Sabbath because that was his that was the manner. That's, that's what he did. That was his habit he was doing. That's what he did. That's where he's supposed to be. Teach him that you're supposed to be a part of this body. Teach him that you're supposed, you, have a, you have a call from God to serve. And so I don't know what your gifts are, but we're going we're gonna to work on this gift testing. We're going to work on this personality test. We're going to find out what your personality is like. We're going to, because we want to know how you bent so we can bring you up the way you've been bent to go. And it says that you were not, they were not uh, turned from that. And you teach them that you got to serve. What has God called you to do? Find out what he's called your child to do. He's given your child a gift. What is he called to do? Nurture that gift. Encourage that gift. Mothers, you have so much influence. So much influence. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.